today I'm going to be interviewing Katrina, and I'm really interested to just see her sort of perspective as a female Team Fortress 2 player in the competitive community, sort of get some insight into what that's been like for her, any of her experiences on the matter, sort of. I know everybody else is, everybody's going to kind of have like a different experience on the matter but I feel like it's always interesting to just have more perspective um in addition though she's just been a pretty big mentoring figure in the Team Fortress 2 com community in recent times especially in the RGL era though and I feel like there's a lot of experiences we can touch on there and yeah those will probably be the topics we talk about uh do you want to introduce yourself a bit Katrina? I suppose I should. Hello, I am Katrina. I have been a Team Fortress 2 competitive soldier slash demo, mostly demo for, god, 20 seasons or so. I started in the UGC season 17 as a Highlander soldier playing on an Xbox 360 controller. That was a thing that happened. And then... From season 19 UGC up through season, what, 12 of RGL? I'm a demo main. I've also done some sixes. Not really anything worth talking about. I hate sixes. Uh, I have been mentoring for a billion seasons as well. Because I like getting newer people into the community. And aside from that... I, I don't really do a lot. I'm not trying to climb the divs. I am an advanced demo. I chill here. It's very entertaining. Mm, okay, so how did you initially start play getting into competitive? What sort of like, was your motivation and experience there? So, I started Team Fortress 2 on the Xbox 360, hence the Xbox 360 controller. My dad installed Team Fortress 2 onto my laptop. And got me a controller that I could plug into it so that I could play in the updated version of the game. Because if anyone knows, the console versions never got any updates because they wanted them to be paid DLC. Valve didn't want that, they wanted them to be free. Anyway, I started TF2 on the computer during the Scout update when they added the Force of Nature for the first time. It was very spectacular. Uh... When I got onto the computer, I very much sucked at Team Fortress 2, because it turns out pointing and clicking is much easier than the controller controls. I also wasn't used to larger server sizes, because the most that they had on console was 8v8. You couldn't even do Highlander. I had a long learning curve that really started with me, um, well, not being good, then playing a bunch of modded stuff and silly things like prop hunt and dodgeball what other game modes do they have back in freeze tag that was a silly one played a lot of mods like versus sexton hail and then i eventually moved back to regular pub servers this was probably 3000 4000 hours into the game i eventually met a competitive player and they got me into comp by meeting another pub player of mine, a friend of mine, convincing him to get into competitive, and then they dragged me into it with them. Uh, from that point on, I was pretty much always a leader of teams I joined. I was a leader of my first team in name only, really. Queen of England, as I called it, where you are definitely a leader. You have the leadership tag next to your name. You don't actually do anything leaderly. You don't set up scrims, you don't find players, you just kind of hang out, look important. Uh, from then on, I have been pretty much a leader or leader figure of every team I've joined because I've been a main caller. It's harder to be a leader from Soldier, but when you're the demo, you're kind of like given leadership role, even if you don't do anything to earn it, so. That's fair. And uh, how was it like being mentored initially? What was your sort of experience with that in the UGC day? Oh, so my very first uh, competitive friend who got me into the game was my mentor. I will not be naming him at this point because I don't really know if anyone would remember him anyway, and also for privacy reasons. Not that I care, but I don't know, someone might care. Uh, my first mentor was a silver demo who went undefeated in his first season. Or not his first season, but undefeated in the first season I had met him. And then they went straight to Platinum after when Gold was a thing. Remember that Gold was a thing? Man, I'm old. Yep. Uh, so he mentored me 
but he was also a sociopath, and I'm not, like, making that up. I'm not saying he treated me poorly, therefore he's a sociopath. Nah, he legit came clean one night, and he's like, I care about, like, two people in this world, and the rest of them could die for all I care. He did not experience emotions of happiness. The only emotions he really had were anger and egotism. You know, like the full-of-himself sort of happiness, that pride. Right. He very much tried to make it feel like my success relied upon him. He was... Uh, sometimes very nice and empathetic toward me because I was one of the few people he did care about. But he also would try to, like, make me feel guilty for being anywhere else doing anything else than hanging out with him, learning how to play Team Fortress 2 with him, or playing some other games with him. Very unhealthy first experience, though he did teach me a lot. I won't deny, he was a fantastic demo man at the time. <laughs> um... Not a good experience, though. I ended up cutting him out of my life. Uh, then going out on my own. He told me I'd always plateau if I didn't listen to him. And uh, I did. I did plateau for quite a long time. He was absolutely correct. Because I kind of refused guidance after that. Because I didn't want my success or failures to be reliant upon a person. I wanted it to be reliant upon me. So I own my successes. I own my failings. I don't really care. Uh, if I get nowhere, as long as I do it myself, you know? Right. Like, after and... that sort of manipulative experience, it's just kind of hard to be as trusting of other people who are, like, trying to guide you, yeah? Yeah, especially when I, I truly believe in the majority of the competitive community. I don't claim sexism. I don't claim uh, any ulterior motives. However, uh, there were definitely some players that I had met that are like, oh, I could totally help you out in particular and not your team. I'm like, huh. I wonder why just me is interesting to you. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one that needed the most help, but I definitely got some players to like say, oh, I will come out of retirement to be on your team for no reason whatsoever. I'm like, eh, this is really sketchy, isn't it? Yeah, just, just a tiny bit. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that definitely uh, like impacted you for a lot of your playing career. Yeah. Oh, uh, honestly, it didn't last all that long. But I stayed with my first C team for five seasons, where we went Iron Steel, Iron Steel, Silver. After the Silver season, my team collapsed, and I joined another team. And that team also collapsed pretty early, so I joined yet another team. So, uh, Settlers of Kanto, Season 21 Silver, The Fireplace, Season 22 Silver, then Blackjack and Hooker, Season 23 Silver? Indeed. So, I was with Settlers of Kanto from Season 17 through 21. On the In that Season 21, I made a mistake and I picked up some players that were toxic. They basically said, cut your medic, who was my co-leader, or we are leaving the team and I didn't really have any options. So I cut my medic and then he, uh, threatened to commit suicide. And I was actually called from the hospital in which he had intentionally crashed his motorcycle. That was an event that occurred in my lifetime. Yep. <laughs> huh, that's not something um, everybody can say. Yeah, that, my my medic did, in fact, call me from the hospital after he intentionally crashed his motorcycle. It wasn't like the TF2 team was the reason why he tried to kill himself. He had other things going on in his life. The pressure was building, and it was just kind of a final straw to be ousted from yet another thing he enjoyed, especially when it was because of toxic players. I was in an awkward situation. I didn't know what to do, and that made it incredibly worse. After that, um, he he basically asked me to leave the team and rebuilt it for the next season, and I did. I joined a team that was actually Alpha Orionis in season 22. It died, I think, week four, and then I joined the Fireplace as a sub-demo. Then I 
after that season joined BNH after being invited by BNH Ball. He was a good friend of mine throughout the entire time because of, well, I scrimmed BNH constantly. <laughs> <laughs> the man, uh, the myth, the legend, BNH Ball. So BNH used to be led by a player that I can't even remember the original name of. The dude was a little crazy. Uh, Paul could give you more details if you run into him. I honestly can't remember much about the dude, but I remember he was crazy dedicated to TF2 to the point where I think he was like skipping high school classes to play TF2 and that sort of thing. Um, he ended up leading BNH into the ground, and then Paul wanted to revive it for a season, so I joined it after that to be the demo. And BNH had a fairly successful season in spite of us all not really knowing what we were doing in Silver, especially me. My first experience in Silver, I was being carried by a couple of players on my team. I didn't feel like I contributed anything. Uh, when I joined BNH, I let them know I did not want to be a team leader after my previous experiences. I just had done too much incorrectly and stuff, even though right. Paul was willing to give me co-lead. I also asked that I was allowed to make my own mistakes and not have a mentor and just learn as I go, try to figure things out for myself because of the previous experience I had of both. He agreed. And so I was... On BNH as not a leader, but definitely very quickly became, you know, the main caller half leader thing. Right. <laughs> and also their team counselor, at, more like team mom. I was their <laughs> team mom. I'm still listed in their Discord as mom. Because I had a, I had a little bit more life experiences than the players there. I was older than them. I was in college. They were in high school, that sort of thing. Right, right. So whenever things were coming up, that I needed to help them work through. I was perfectly happy to give them advice on the things I felt confident in. Uh, I don't give advice on things I don't really trust myself to give advice on. However, emotional life stuff, I survived it. So. <laughs> and you said that was something like Paul's kind of understanding of just like not wanting to lead again, just needing to make your own mistakes for a bit. Would you see other community members like in future teams and whatnot were kind of understanding as well? So when it comes to teams I'm mentoring, you mean, or just in general? Like uh like the teams you're playing with, the teams you're mentoring, I guess yeah, just like oh. your community interactions in general community interactions in general. These days, I still don't have a mentor. I still am just winging it, figuring out things on my own. Uh, when I join a team, I try to... I I'm obviously the main caller, so I tell them what to do. I try to listen to advice from my teammates, incorporate their things. I don't mind doing that, but I don't want someone telling me, uh, you know everything you're doing is wrong because I am superior demo and you're doing things wrong. Right. Uh, when it comes to leadership these days, I'm very confident in it. I don't feel like I'm doing things horribly wrong because I'm not making the same mistakes I made. That's kind of how it goes. That's definitely fair. You've had a lot of success with just like leading teams in the past, having their te those teams be stable. I definitely say that's something you can positively look back on. So, um, what was it like leading back then? What was the sort of like leadership culture compared to RGL today? Honestly, it's it is so similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by and large, it's so similar, and that is a negative thing. I want to say because oh? in you'll notice a lot of teams are one and dones or one and point five and dones. You know, like they're not actually surviving the season. A lot of times they just create a team, dies week four, all their players go on to other teams, they try to sandbag a team to win it all. It's just a repeating cycle of nonsense, and I think it's stupid. Hmm. I uh, personally believe, which uh, you can get into my controversial opinions whenever you'd like, I personally believe there should be leadership-based penalties, where if your teams have died two seasons in a row before completing the season, you're done leading. Like, just... We're, we're done. 
But then, of course, everyone tells me, well, then they'll just have someone else, like, quote-unquote, lead the team. They'll have someone else do all the sign-up stuff for RGL, and it'll be the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it would just make me feel better if there was some <laughs> sort of penalty for it, right? Right. Um, do you feel like UGC and R- like RGL like worked with you as like enough as a leader? Like, were there was there proper like infrastructure and logistics in place? Was there like anything like that? Like, maybe you could go to the leagues for support if your team was having trouble. Like, what was your sort of experience along those lines? Oh, so back when I was in UGC and my very first team, my medic was my leader, and he would submit scores, and he'd submit scores backwards because that's a thing that happens a lot. <laughs> And he would send a message to Kamori saying, Hey, Kamori, I, uh, I I messed up submitting my scores. I'm really sorry. Could you help me fix them? Here are the logs. And she called him retarded. And yeah, that was the experience. She legit insulted him in that manner and used the word that we do not use these days. Uh, I don't know if that is something that should be bleeped or anything for the sake of this interview. However, that uh, is what I, I she said bleep. to my leader. Um, on top of that, when it happened then again the very next week, <laughs> <laughs> she was still very unhappy about this in a, a similar manner. Now, these days, RGL, I don't interact with the admins a whole lot, but I know that they have standards of things that they can't you know, insult their player base. Right. They can't be entirely disrespectful, and they also generally make better decisions. Uh, Kimori is, of course, a very well-known figure in the olden days. Maybe people don't know who she is now. She was the UGC head admin back in the day. Uh, Literally, any decision had to go through her, no matter how small. It was pathetic. It was really, really annoying, because there were some... Very, very good admins like Jacobo. I loved that guy, Silver Admin, for a billion years. And he wasn't allowed to make decisions. It would eventually come to her. And I don't know if she was just the sort of person to go on power trips, but here's an example of something that happened in my past. Back on Alpha Orionis in my very first season with them, uh, very first week of the season with them, we encountered a team... We join their server for our first match, and the server is in Japan. What? What? So we join the server, and we're like, uh, okay, the server is giving all of us 200 ping. And uh, for some godforsaken reason, there's no config on, but it's like less than no config on. Like, I don't even know how to describe what was on, because it was like sort of soap dm but you could spawn in the wrong places like other people's spawns and stuff and i don't really know what was going on there uh anyway we immediately upon getting into the situation i i tell elite the leader at the time like hey don't bother talking with them just get an admin right away and say hey they're being stupid They're going to probably continue to be stupid. Can you just be here? So we messaged Jacobo, and Jacobo said, Yeah, sure, I I will help talk with this other team's leader for you. And so we have a server, and we tell Jacobo, Hey, we have a server. Can we just make them join it? And Jacobo says, Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try to do that. So we all join our server. They get very, very salty about it. They uh, actually got a different regular North American server, and they want to play on that instead. So we're like, okay, we'll join their server, because Jacobo had been arguing with them, and they refused to join ours. So we joined their server, and then they have eight players in there. And then we send a message to Jacobo saying, like, can we even ready up on this? Like, they, they're down players, are they going to try to claim that we forced them to play down players now, and Chicago's just like, oh my god, just... just start playing, okay? <laughs> so we we go to ready, and then they start leaving the server. And we're like, what the hell? What is it now? And he's like, uh... 
So they're claiming that you're trying to force a forfeit, but I've been here the entire time and they're being a-holes and wasting my time. So what I'm going to do is say you forfeit one. And I say, okay, sweet. Woo, we won the first match. And everyone's like, sweet, we're done. We're tired of this. We get to go on to the next week. And then Kumori shows up. And oh. Kumori's like, excuse me, this match has to be played. And we say, what? And she's like, yeah, we, you really need to play out this match. You know, the admin was being so mean to that other team that they they had to come to me and they were like, oh my god, this admin was bullying us. And uh, yeah, so you're going to need to reschedule. So we reschedule the match to, I think, Wednesday. And we show up on Wednesday. And... I actually still have the quote from when this happened because it was just oh. so funny to me. Uh, here, let me find it really quick. I don't swear, so you're going to have to read this aloud to your viewership. Sure. Here we are. This is what I received from their leader. And all of those hearts are actually swear words. <laughs> MW Magic LFT, you win. Teams. Effing. Uh, okay, teams fucking dead. Shrub made a team with four. Effing. Fucking <laughs> means and 17 fucking roster riders. Holy fuck. That was the team that Kumori made us reschedule against. And what possible motivation do you think Kumori had for just doing this, for doing like, all the things? She liked just making matches get played, and she liked overturning other people's decisions. She liked when her decision was the thing that went through. She liked being the head admin. I don't have any other explanation so for that situation, because it's very, very obvious that they they weren't going to play. Anyone that came across that situation would understand they are not going to play. They were being entirely unreasonable. They started on a freaking Japan server! <laughs> they started on a Japan server! Like, haha, <laughs> funny meme! Just give us the right connect info two minutes into it instead of 17 minutes into it, instead of 30 minutes into it, and maybe we'd get somewhere. This team was never going to play. Everyone that hears this knows they weren't going to play. The punchline is this team is going to die either way. Yet, Kamori decided, man, wouldn't it be great if we, uh, if we made them play anyway? So, do you think it'd be fair to say it was just about, like, control with Kamori, about just having the final say in things, being able to influence things? Yes. And Kamori was heavily bullied in the community, and in return, she just went on power trips whenever the hell she felt like it. It was unhealthy, it was terrible, everyone knew it was a thing that was happening. I will say, myself, personally, never had a single bad interaction with Kamori. I also will say that I hardly ever talked with her. Uh, she, she did this, yeah, like, she definitely overturned this. I didn't get into a huge explosive argument with her about how stupid she was or anything, so I was on good terms with her. Hmm. Okay. But, like, I never had, like, a negative interaction where she insulted me, she called me bad things, anything like that. But, yeah, she did that, and that was pretty stupid. So, what did UGC do about this? What do you mean? The team died and then we got our four food. No, no, I mean about about Kamori, about just like the decisions oh, she was making. Uh okay, so eventually nothing happened eventually to Kamori, and she stepped down and then the admin was replaced by Zabi. And this is where I'll talk about a little bit more of the goings on in UGC. Uh so, Fornot is the owner of UGC. He doesn't do anything, but he likes things happening his way regardless, because he's the one that funds the stuff, right? Right. Fornot had Zabi become the main admin, and, like, the head admin of everything. Like, she had to set up matches for all of NA, all of South America, all of Australia, New Zealand, all of the Asian leagues. She was the only person setting up the matches and 
being a general admin for that, except for Europe, because Europe has its own stuff, and Europe UGC is actually pretty good from what I hear. Yeah, they play some alternative maps, not as nearly as respected as ETF to all, but people enjoy it from time to time as a side thing, yeah. It's just not usually the priority. Now, I'm going to disclose some stuff about what happened that I know makes UGC a godforsaken league. Okay. So, Zabi was head admin, and she used to confide in me some stuff that would happen because... I, I don't know if it's just because we were both women or both because we were about the same age and had generally the same temperament or stuff. But she was the head admin of everything, and I offered, like, hey, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but if you want to teach me how to be an admin and get some support on this, I'm up for it. And I said that I could help find some other people that are generally seen as, you know, respectable in the community, because I know I wasn't respectable in the community at that point. But I'm like, I know some people that are, and I can offer to them the ability to get the adminship. And she said, no, I can't. Fournaught won't let me have any more admins. And I'm like, you're the only person that anyone can talk to about anything for all of North America. So that'd be steel, silver, and platinum. And all of New Zealand, Australia, all of the Asian and South American leagues. You're literally the only person they can go to for any match disputes, any players sandbagging, anything. And she's like, yep. And Fournot won't let you have anyone else. Nope. I'm like, okay. That's insane. That is incredibly insane, you understand. And she's like, yep, but I'm it. If I am not the admin... There is no one else. He's not going to get anyone else. I don't know what to do, but I don't want the league to die with me. And I'm like, okay. That's a lot of responsibility then, for one person. A couple of weeks later... Eh, well, a lot of things happen with Zobby. Zobby starts banning players for using the, the funny word, the N-word. Uh, a lot of players she starts banning for general toxicity, disrespect, all of the stuff that RGL is now prided for doing. She was the only person doing it, so she was the target of all of the harassment for all of the toxic players being banned. Any toxic player's friends would come after her. All of the toxic players themselves would come after her. She was... Honestly, just... She was driven insane by this. She was losing her mind. And that was not even the biggest thing going on in the background that Fournot was allowing to happen. She came to me and she said, "Hey." I I have been contacted by some women in the community that say they were being uh, blackmailed with their nudes by a player. And I'm like, that's horrifying. That's, that's terrible. And she's like, do you know anything about this? I said, no, I don't know anything about this, unfortunately. I have uh, not come in contact with whoever you're talking about or had this sort of experience, so I can't report on it. She says, okay. And I asked her what she planned to do about it, and she said, well, I'm going to ban him. And I, I asked her the next day, hey, so how'd it go? And she said, Fornot won't allow me to ban this person. And I said, excuse me, don't you have the proof? Don't you have all of the messages you've gathered? Don't you have all of the... Like, in She says, yeah, he knows. He knows about this. He won't let me ban him because he's friends with this person. And I'm like, uh, are you... What are you gonna do? And she's like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And if he gets rid of me, he gets rid of me. And I don't know exactly what happened after that interaction. I don't believe the player was banned. I believe Zobby stepped down at the end of the season because of it. Zobby and I were actually not on super good terms at the end of the season for some random uh, personal stuff that happened at the end, but I never, ever felt like she did the wrong thing there. I have the utmost respect for all that she was trying to do for UGC and powerless to do because Fournot didn't want any changes to happen. In the end, she helped uh, kill UGC by becoming an admin at RGL. I know that they were intentionally trying to keep the admins in between to keep that kind of, like, 
consistency between the leagues, at least at the beginning. Right, and just to like help the transition kind of from the leagues. Yeah. Hmm. But that's what ended up happening. It was uh, weird as all hell. Sounds like she was a real pioneer in the community, though. She was trying to be. She just didn't have any ability to, and God, people hated her by the end. But you try to make the decisions for, you know, 400 people. Right. Okay. That's, uh, that's a lot to take in. Wow. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Surprised no one knows about this. I feel like I'm the only person that knows half this stuff for some reason. Hey, maybe not anymore. <laughs> maybe not anymore. How many viewers are you getting, Blizzard? Uh, oh, no, I think like 30 to 50 usually. <laughs> Ooh. Some people are going to learn some spicy stuff from me. Yeah, maybe they'll like talk about it, you know, people learn about it, like not maybe not from the video directly, but just from friends to friends. Yeah, uh, let's let's hope some people learn about all that happened. Uh, basically, the player that she was trying to ban also, I won't give details on who they are because, uh, well, it would be pretty easy to figure it out. Right. Uh, but what I will say is they had been in the league since basically the very beginning and this behavior had been happening since the very beginning so Fornot had known about this for years before Zombie tried to do anything about it so he was complicit in it yeah yep uh, entirely knowingly complicit okay so that's a lot about UGC in the past oh yeah what do you the think what do you think about UGC in the present like Hell, about general next attempts there. Uh, all I know about what's going on there currently is that my one of my mentees teams had a scrim scheduled against a UGC team, and I said, don't do it, it's gonna be <laughs> god-awful, and they did it, and, and it, it was god-awful. God <gasps> I'm a mind reader. Okay, okay. So, um, what was the player culture like back then? Did it feel like there was, like, a more or less of a sense of a community back then? Like, what was it sort of like? So, UGC as a community was definitely like a smaller community so in that regard it was already tighter knit just because it was smaller and it was terrible hmm. like it, i was told by my mentor who if you can recall from the earlier part of this conversation was toxic yeah. and definitely a sociopath and he was telling me not to talk with anyone because none of them were worth talking to well of course that was uh his opinion, I guess, but his teammates back in the day were also kind of my mentors, and some of them are still my friends to this day. Uh, Vipa, Perception, love these guys. They're wonderful. Uh, Vipa says it could be Vipa or Vipa. Don't at me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were wonderful. They, they were genuine, fun people. I was kind of friends with Boar and his brother, Villain, or Dingus, or Dongus, or whatever he goes by. I think Dongus. They yeah. were nice. Uh, aside from that, I didn't really talk much to the higher-up players, though, because I was told, uh, stay away, they're toxic. Right. And it turns out they were toxic. No but way. But that's just kind of like esports communities overall. I don't know what happens, but you get to a certain point, and people's egos are just like, they, they can't take a loss, they will blame other people. They'll be disrespectful and say, this person's trash, they aren't worth anything, you don't have to worry about this player, it's like they don't have a spy, you know, that sort of attitude. Right. Uh and there's some healthy level of trash talk where you're like, don't worry about this player, they're not as good as everyone says, just go into the game and win it. Like, there's that. And then there's the, like, going out of your way to harass a person because you think that they're bad. And that happened a lot in the UGC era. Kamori, of course, received a ton of garbage from people. A lot of people would constantly just be harassing Kamori, and she would respond by being disrespectful and crappy back, and it was unhealthy, and nothing about what was going on was fine. Uh, it led to a very bad interactions between the admins and the players. It, just players in interacting with each other sucked. <laughs> Can't imagine how many times uh, it was called terrible things in the middle of matches. Like, these days, you can't use the funny word even in a scrim, right? Like, <laughs> right. 
then people were naming their team the n-word wow you know like and they ready up f4 team's name n-word you're like oh great i know what we're getting into <laughs> Yeah, and even these days, like, for all the PR that UGC tries to do, there's still some, like, fairly racist stuff that you can see as just, like, team names, team profile pictures, and it's kind of interesting to see, and that's uh, definitely something you'd say RGL has improved on, yeah, compared to yes. UGC? Okay. Yeah, I don't feel totally freaking embarrassed to bring up anything for my community now. So, what do you, is there anything you kind of miss looking back at the UGC days, or things that you think UGC did better than RGL? I feel nope. like it's... Okay, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just like a lot easier to see like, you know, things that RGL does better, but yeah, I still appreciate hearing that regardless. It's uh, just interesting yeah, so to see what people think. If you guys had the experiences that I had in UGC, any stupid things that the admins do now, it's harmless stupid, right? Like, it's perfectly harmless stupid back then harmful stupid much different <laughs> so do you feel like you would trust the rgl admins even with like what happened with the ugc admins like or is that sort of kind of tainted your goodwill as a whole towards them so most of the rgl admins i know from either playing against them being teammates with them or something like i know them i generally think they're good people for the most part there have been some that i've been like this is a very questionable admin choice. Why the hell did you choose this person? And they've gotten rid of those people. That's uh, nice. They they definitely have the... You know when a bunch of people get together and they're like, we want to be very good. We want to be genuine goodwill. And then they they don't do anything to death, right? Like, they yeah. just sit around and they're like, we... We want to be really good about this, so we're going to unban this person, even though they've cheated, said the N-word, were toxic to all of their teammates, harassed players, and doxed a person, and then sent a bomb threat. But, you know, we may think there may be some good in this person. We don't want to, like, perma-ban them. Like, that's the mm. thing that I get on RGL now for. It's like, their perma-bans are not permanent. Right. They, it doesn't, there's always a probation. There's always probation. They're always able to get unbanned. And it's stupid because a lot of the people that they're getting unbanned get banned again within a week. Like, there's... Th these players are just bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, I like how they're not very, like, black and white, just immediate you get permanently banned, there's no appeal or anything. But they also give so many appeals to people that are just not worth it. <laughs> right. So, do you think maybe they're just trying a bit too hard to, like, pay play the PR game compared to making meaningful change? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Like, I guess that's the best way of putting it, is sometimes they just really try to not be bad to the point where they don't do good. Right, like, out of fear. And it's just, like, that's not necessarily the best way to go about things, I'd think. Yeah, so, personally... I don't know how to run things. I've never been an admin. I've been a leader on teams a billion times over, but it's different. Right. Especially when you're having to deal with the people that you don't want to deal with. Being a leader means you don't have to deal with those people. Being an admin means you do have to deal with those people and be nice. <laughs> um, but it, there, I feel like there should be various times where they should just put their foot down and say, no, no, you're my guy. Bomb threats are not okay. Like, it, it gets to the point where it, the only thing you can be permanently banned- There are two things you can be permanently, permanently banned for in, U, in RGL. And these two things are cheating multiple times or pedophilia. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Everything else, you're free. You can get appeals, you can come back in a year, you can come back next season. Like, the hell? <laughs> it's like- the only things we care about, like, don't have sex with children. Everything else we're fine with. <laughs> Which is the 4chan rule, in case anyone's unaware. Like, the only thing that's banned on 4chan is child porn, and everything else goes. <laughs> like, this like, this is gonna get my channel cancelled. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay, it has to be said. This is why I have it on flash drives as well. <laughs> but 
Yeah, like, you ever think about that and go, man, RGL moderation is just one step above 4chan moderation at times. Of course, there have been some players that have actually gotten, like, banned, banned, and they don't come back because they're toxic and stuff. But there's, like, I I talked to Will Maddock while he was head admin, and he's like, sorry, I'm in the middle of something, this person is caught coming back on an alt again and I'm like, is it this guy? And he's like, how the hell did you know? I'm like, it's the same guy that's been doing this for like the last <laughs> seven years on UGC. <laughs> it's the same dude. <laughs> so do you think maybe there are like I don't know, just like a, a few lessons that RGL could have like learned from UGC that they just sort of haven't out of fear in that sense? I feel like because RGL is trying to not protect be both sides of the community, protect the the toxic, sandbaggy, disrespectful, awful people, and also the the nice, good-hearted people that are trying to climb and learn how to play the game better. Like they've done the best that they could, and I think they're doing a legitimately good balance. I personally wouldn't allow some of the people that they've allowed back, but let's be honest, some of the top part of the community is just like that. Oh yeah, for and if sure. you ban every person that's that sort of disrespectful, toxic, whatever, then you're going to lose the top part of your community, and you may have a really good, strong, friendly community, but you won't have like the actual best players. Uh, does that make me feel good? Saying no, no, I'd rather we just have fun. And- but <laughs> but they did a good job with what they were aiming to do, which is like they they don't entirely destroy the top end of the community. That's awful, and they don't make it so that the newer players feel like they can't get into the community because it's toxic garbage. Right, and it's like, they're definitely trying, and that's a step in the right direction from UGC, yeah? Yeah. Rather than being Uh, complicit in it. I mean, Zobby tried. Zobby tried really hard, but she did everything alone. This has a committee, at least, and sometimes these committees make the stupidest choices, but I live with it. I'm fine with people making bad choices at the head as long as they try to correct themselves and get better. Uh, do you think RGL works enough with the community, or like takes in it, com- like does enough in the way of community initiatives? Uh, somewhat. I feel like they could absolutely stand to gain for more. So, like right now, they just do like end of season polls, and they're like, "What do you like? Did you have good interactions with your admins? Was that was that good?" And I usually add a lot of stuff in the extra comments box. A lot of players don't. <laughs> and then they complain about things. Or sometimes they'll add just a, a silly comment that is a waste for everyone, like hashtag free whatever player they didn't want banned. Right. Uh, I, I feel like they they are working with the community pretty well. I do think they make some poor decisions. I also think that the poor decisions they make can't rally a huge movement against because the only people that would know are the people from the teams involved yeah right like for example uh back in season i don't remember what season it was it was a while ago Uh, there was a season in which my team won main undefeated that is actually not the case what happened was in our very last match grand finals the team that we played against had a scout that was hacking and he was caught hacking He was caught hacking in the match. He was caught hacking in UGC. He was caught hacking in RGL. It was 100% he was banned. He hacked in Grand Finals, and they won the match, so they won the Grand Finals. And obviously, it came out that he was hacking, so my team was like, okay, so the match is going to get overturned. And uh, head admin at the time said, yep, the match is going to get overturned. And I'm like, sweet. And so, I wait. And I I see what happens to the match. And it was, we got second place. They didn't get first place. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, you said we lost it and also they lost it. And we get second place and no one gets first. And they're like, yeah, well, we looked at the logs of that match. And, like, their scout, I mean, he didn't really have that much of an impact. Or, like, that scout had 40 more kills than the next highest person, you understand? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but your team wasn't doing so well in spite of it. You know, it's really hard to push on product when you're constantly losing a, thrank- a flank 3v1, right? Like, right. 
my engineer, soldier, and scout were all dying to their scout, and this... Eh. They're like, yeah, well, what can you do? And I'm like, you can make it so that if someone's hacking in Grand Finals, the win goes to the other team, like UGC did, like everyone does, like, the hell? <laughs> yeah, so that would be uh, Season 7 of Highlander in RGL. Season 7, I don't remember. Things bleed together when it's been so long. But yeah, yeah that's what happened. And I'm like, what the hell? This is stupid. This is so incredibly stupid. Hmm. Okay. And eventually, uh, like two, three seasons later, when Will Maddock became head admin, it was something that he changed. He gave us that win back two seasons later. Retroactive dog. Did you get a medal for it? We did, but Whoa. understand this was the state of my team at the end of that season. At the end of that season, my team was willing to stick together and move up to advanced if we won. But because of how main and advanced were set up in those days, only the team that got first place was guaranteed move up. We didn't get first place. We were not guaranteed move up. The other team was, even though their scout was hacking. So my team, my sniper left. And my soldier left. And because my sniper and soldier left, my team separated. They didn't trust that our team would stick together without our sniper because he was incredibly good and our soldier who was really good at initiative. Like our team fell apart because of the players that left because we we lost that. Right. RGL killed my team. And we would have um, stayed together for another season if that were <sighs> Who was of course, we ended up bit rebuilding and going into advanced anyway, but we lost a lot of my players that I liked to play with. It was horrible. Right. And, um... Okay. So... Who was the head admin behind that decision? Like, I want to I wanna get to get your uh, perspective on just, like, the various different RGL Highlander head admin. Michael Lele was the admin at the time. Uh... I talked with Inquisition, who was my division admin, and then talked with Michael Lele. Michael Lele said it was not his decision alone, but the admin committee decision on it. I don't know if that was the case, but he said that is what they decided to do based on past decisions. It had happened before, and that's what they did. And I told him I thought it was stupid, and he told me he respected it, and that's as far as it went. Honestly, I have no qualms with Michael Lele. I thought he did a pretty good job as a head admin. I just thought that decision was stupid as hell. Right. Like, it, what? No one got first place? The match never happened. Can we replay it without their scout? No? Okay. What? <laughs> so... What do you what do you think of like just the Highlander head admins so far? Then just like the recent transition from uh, Wilmatic to Constantly. If you could give me like a brief rundown of your sentiments towards that. So to be perfectly honest, because of how I run my teams and how like generally I don't come in contact with the admins because I know what I'm doing. I've been around for so long. I know how my teams are supposed to be built. When I need help in a match for one reason or another, it's usually just like the other team wants to ring a player that I don't think they should be allowed, and I get an admin to weigh in on it. That's it. Right. It's not ever a... Um, I don't have to do those big talks with admins about stuff except well, for that match. So, when it comes to head adminship, I don't feel like, you know, anyone has done a particularly horrible job. Mm. Like just like from a more like distance perspective, though, right? You spend like a lot of time mentoring and caring about the community. Like, what do you think the state of the RGL scene and like the health of Highlander was under the various admins? Do you think it was like fairly consistent? Do you think any of them did a particularly good or poor job at fostering the health of the scene? So, personally, I feel like. I really liked Wilmatic as a head admin. Uh, Wilmatic, I will say, more than anything, is not a yes man. He's not a person that's just like, uh, well, Sigafu wants this, so I'm doing it. He looks at the community, he thinks about how he wants to do things, and he does it. He doesn't, he doesn't make decisions that other people want him to make. He makes decisions that he thinks are good, and if he has his admin say, no, you're dumb, then he'll back off. But 
it was nice having a person with their own opinions on things. It reminded me of how Zabi tried to tackle the community herself. It, I don't think there should be one person with absolute power making all the decisions for anything, and that's not what Will was. But some people seem to think that Will didn't make good decisions. I don't get it. Because... I talked with him a lot when he was head admin because we're friends, and he said, well, I wanted to try this thing. I thought it would work out really well, but they didn't let me do it. I'm like, oh, okay. And that was the story. Every single time. It's just like, well, I thought this would be helpful. They didn't let me do it. So well, I thought this was helpful. They didn't let me do it. And I talked with him about that, and I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous. What are they allowing you to do? He's like, well, they're allowing me to do the things that they want to do. So he was like a bit more of like a token admin, kind of like under RGL, like they didn't really allow him to do what he thought would really be best? Yeah, they they wanted him to be effectively the lead without making his own decisions, which was silly. I think that when you put someone in charge, they're going to make decisions, and if you don't like the decisions they make, then throw them out. But right. like, don't let them if take you want the blame. a person to be the admin, let them be the admin. Right, like, don't make them take the blame for your for the for your decisions, kind of. Let yeah. Them make their own. Okay. So, also, I uh, I do know that when admin Wilmatic stepped down, it wasn't exactly his decision to do so. It was their decision, and they sent him a list of things that they thought he didn't do, and those were all the things he'd been trying. to like, throughout the season, he's been telling me, like, I, I wanted to work on this, so I was gonna do this, and they told me, no. Like, those were the oh. things that they said he didn't work on. He's like, well, I was trying to work on it, you just didn't freaking let me do anything about it. So you think RGL and the TFT community, like, have just kind of given Wilmatic a bit of a raw deal, so to speak? Yes. Sorry to it hear that. dumb. Very interesting, though. Very interesting to hear, for sure. I'm glad that you were able to just, like, give this perspective. Yeah, you can talk with Will if you... I'm sure he'd be up for it if you want to hear his perspective on everything, but it's not like he wasn't doing That'd anything. I saw the things that he was trying to do. He showed me what he was trying to do. I'm like, oh, that sounds neat. And, and also, I am the sort of person that, like, I am perfectly happy with failures. I, like, if the admins are like, you know what? I think it would be great if we just tried to unbend the diamond back for a season. And then you just see, like, medic deaths go up a billionfold because spies are able to just crit kill the med. If they come out and they're like, okay, that wasn't, like, the best idea we'd had, but, like, we did try it. I'd be like, hell yeah! Hmm. Trying things! The game is becoming stale! Let's just try some nonsense! Woo! So, do you think it, like, it's, do you think we'll... RGL has just kind of put Wilmatic in a place where he's just kind of like a scapegoat for the community's frustrations at this point. Do you think that's yep. a failure on RGL's part? Yep. <laughs> that is definitely fair. I, like, I don't know how much Will would want me to talk about this, but uh, let's put it this way. Anything, a lot of the things that people complain about, such as uh, advanced in general being either a limbo where the same teams are in it or having too many teams in it and needing to like push up a higher division like Challenger was for a bit. Those sorts of problems. I won't say what the solutions were or anything, but I will say Wilmatic directly did try to make decisions on them that were thrown out. Wow. And yeah. then those were the reasons why he was thrown away is because they said he didn't do anything about it. Wow, yeah, that's really interesting to hear. Honestly, like, yeah, I was kind of in like the anti-Wilmatic camp to start with as well, but I'm I'm glad to just get a bit more of the other side of it from you, yeah. Yeah, just talk with him. I'm yeah. sure he'd be up for it. That'd be but... a good interview, pro I think, yeah. But yeah, like, he, he didn't have... He didn't let things sit. They were making him sit. If that changes your opinion on anything going on, then you'll understand that things are a lot oh, more complicated yeah, than they seem. Yeah, like a lot more nuance to it. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Um, so, what do you think that means for the future of RGL, like, constantly taking over for as HL had admin? What do you think the future kind of is for RGL and the Highlander community? So, my opinion of what is going to happen is they're going to put an admin in who's initially going to be like, I got this, I'll be better than the previous guy, and then they're going to start trying to make changes, they're going to be shot down by the the invite council and the other admins and they're not going to make any changes and then they're going to be thrown out. Hmm. 
And you think and that's that- going to be the cycle. Unless they're a yes man that does whatever the committee decides, then they're just going to be the scapegoat. And you think that like the invite council is uh, plays a big part in this then? Yeah, a lot of players just... A lot of admins just bow to whatever the invite players want because they need to keep the top layer of the game more than they need to keep the bottom layer of the game, but that's not how I think of things. So where do you think we go from here? How does RGL solve this? How do people who want to make a change solve this? And how does the community as a whole solve this? What do we do to Uh, change it? We embrace the low divs. I'm not joking. I generally think that the new ideas will come from the new people. I think that the toxic attitude, if it's not tolerated low, will not be tolerated high. Hmm. I think that the more that we train newer players to be good leaders, we're going to lose those leadership problems with teams exploding halfway through the seasons. Right. So you think rather than just like taking it on from like a top-down perspective, we need to go from like the bottom and work our way to the top and sort of just like systematically cleanse the uh, sort of social standards we have right now as a community? I think that if we started from the bottom and we embraced the new players and we taught them how to do things and they taught us how to do some nonsense that they came up with, which sometimes they got some silly, brilliant stuff, right? They're adorable. Right. Uh, Not condescending. Sometimes I have the most energy come from the new players because they're not all burnt out. They're not all, like washed up i've played this since ugc season three i know the right way of playing the game (laughs) you get a lot of energy from the new people you got a lot of talent from the new people they are generally respectful they're not they don't hate the community yet (laughs) you know they still have something left to give kind of right yeah and it's nice being able to talk with players that legitimately want to play every week it's in every single TF2 Discord that you walk into, you're ringing for a team. You go in, you're ringing for an advanced team. You're like, man, I don't want to be here. And all of their players will say, same, I hate this game. Why are we doing this? <laughs> you don't get that when you play newcomer. They're all like, hell yeah, I want to be here. We're going to do so well. Look at our pyro. He's the best pyro of all time, right? Like, right. I love it. It's just so good energy. Okay. No, I, I definitely think you're on a good train of thought there. So um, what is it like for the new players right now in RGL? Like, what's the new player experience? It's a lot different than mine, I'll say that much. Most players, they will still have the same way of coming to RGL, where they'll run into a competitive player in a pub and talk about it. Or they will find RGL on their own when looking to play more competitive stuff, because the Valve matchmaking is garbage and we know it. And... It, They come into the community, they find the RGL Discord, and it has an instruction manual that a lot of people don't know how to read, but they eventually figure it out. And it tells them how to make a team, how to look for team, how to uh, join discords, how to interact with people, that sort of thing. I do feel like uh, these younger players can absolutely um, benefit from some instructions and leadership because the RGL Discord doesn't really go over that. Uh, my example being I got this mentee he's making a team and he's like man, I'm I get all these tryouts together and they just don't show up. I'm like, oh god, that sucks. I know that feeling. So, so how have you been setting up your tryouts? He's like, yeah. So they, uh, they ask me for a tryout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, so I, I I ask him what class they're going to be, and they say pyro. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And he's like, yeah. Uh, and then I mark it on the list, and then on Saturday at 8.30, I ping and say, I need a pyro. And I say, excuse me, what? He's like, yeah, I, I just ping them, and then they, they, they don't show up. And he, I'm like, you understand they're trying out for other teams, right? He says, what do you mean? I'm like, usually you say, okay. So your tryout is going to be Saturday, 8.30 and 9.30. Are you good with that? And they say yes. And then you say, okay, I'll see you then. I said, oh. Like, (laughs) so all of these poor tryouts were just thinking they were getting baited by this leader. Wow. 
Because no one explained to him that, like, you have to actually set up the tryout time to make sure they show up at tryout time. <laughs> it's like RGL, you got them so close to doing it correct, but that final step of, like, make sure your tryouts show up was never communicated to half these team leaders and newcomers. <laughs> so, how do you feel about, like, mentorship as a whole in the RGL community? Do you think that, like, other, like, the current high or div people like are a good influence on the um on the newer players do you think that there's sort of like enough of them doing that sort of just like stuff along those lines yeah so the rgl community has made mentorship a lot easier by having just the lfm channel the looking for mentor right. you can post i'm looking for mentees or i'm looking for mentors and then you get married it's great um what i will say is the so the mentees that post in there uh they often don't know what they're signing up for, and the mentors that post in there don't know either. Like, mentorship is such a uh, loose concept that every mentor you get is so incredibly different. Like, everyone right. knows that if Banny is mentoring you, it means that sometimes live on his Twitch channel, he is going to be reviewing your demo. A and then there are mentors like me, who, like, I say, hello, I have this much experience. What is it that you want to work on? DM? Okay, so we can, on Saturday, get into a DM server. I can watch what you're doing as you fight against someone else. Or, uh, you think you have troubles with this map? I can look over a demo for this map and give you a map review after and give you some advice on how you should be looking at things. Uh, okay. Some players want a lot of advice in terms of like, okay, I'm a spy, I need to know where I'm allowed to decloak from, what things I should be playing off of, what things I should be communicating to my team. Okay. As a demo, it's really, really hard as a main caller. And when you do a demo review, it doesn't teach main calling. When you do a map review, it doesn't teach main calling. You have to physically have a demo recorded with all the comms recorded to have a good like review of main calling. Right. So, what do you think of just, like, older things, kind of, like, roundtable stuff like that that we don't really see these days? Do you think that plays a part in it as well? Just, like, a lack of easily accessible kind of collaborative mentoring experience and I, things that kind of involve, involve the community more? So, when... There was this Discord that I'm aware of. I don't remember exactly who owns it. It uh, might be Flare, it might be... Inquisition, Flare, The Office, yeah. Inquisition, yeah, that Discord. Mm. Yeah, I, And I hate it. Yeah, I'm in there. It's not really collaborative, although it's not that, that active. Like So, that Discord and that style of mentoring, I always really disliked because it has this air of like, okay, you're going to class with one very intelligent professor speaking to all of his stupid classmates, you know, like this attitude of like, you you have to join the specific discord and go into the waiting for teacher channel right. to wait for someone to mosey along. I don't like that. My, my mentees, I, I don't want them to feel like they're lesser than me. I don't want to say that this works because it's amateur. You know, like the advice I want to give to people is just like, uh, here's some things I've noticed about your gameplay. It may not be the same as how you play, and you may find that the things I tell you don't work as well as the things that you figure out on your own. You just asked for advice, and I gave advice. Hmm. So, some teammates, or some teams that I've mentored have less confidence in their ability than that. And right. they, will, they will come in and be like, hey, we got no idea what we're doing can you tell me everything about how to make this work? And I'm like, okay, this is the way I do it. This is the way I've found success. This is the way I approach situations. These are the things I'm looking for to play off of. Right. Um, I don't like saying, well, it's, this is going to work in amateur because everyone's stupid. Right. That's a lot of what I hear is like, oh, you're in a low div. You can do this. This is going to be great. You're going to demolish them all because you're the only people that know like the good strategies. And that doesn't necessarily, like, help them out in the long term, right? Like, it's just teaching them to do things that'll work for that specific context, right? Yeah. Uh, so, to get back to the question, kind of, though, what do you think of older, more collaborative things, like the roundtables? Oh, so, you think I've, there's a need never, for I've never really mentored in that sort of space, and I don't know exactly how well they work, because I was never using 
that, you know? Like, that was never the way I went about things, so I can't comment too much on that. Do you think that would be, like, something that might be beneficial for, like, the community to, like, try and reach out again and to, like, collaborate on and explore going forward, though? Do you think it could be something it's that could be beneficial? It, it's certainly possible and helpful to some people. I wouldn't deny that. Hmm, okay. So, um... It's just never the... I never... The most collaborative mentoring I had was when I was being mentored by my old mentor in Perception and Vipa at the same time. And it was mostly right. just, like, watching them play and all watching how they play off of each other, rather than having just, like, a, a community roundtable. Right. I don't know, like, me personally, I think there'd be a lot of benefit from just, like, more collaboration between mentors. Just, like, people kind of work together on things, answering things together, and just providing, like, a wider perspective. I feel like that might be a lot more approachable and kind of, like, broadly helpful, per se. Yeah. I know that a lot of mentees are intimidated talking to players of higher divisions because I've I've heard that personally from my mentees. They're like, right. "I'm sorry to reach out. I don't want to bug you." I'm like, "I I don't know what you think you're interrupting." <laughs> so, do you have any mentors like in the present day that you think are like worth shouting out, deserving of attention? Uh, matches is an extraordinary mentor. Mm, she matches, helps yeah. with. Yeah, Miss Matches. She helps with Scout Engineer or Engineer Scout Medic Pyro. Uh, who else mentors these days? I know back in the day, Grin and Flimlasky both mentored NGs, but neither of them really do that these days. Uh, my teammates, personally, I use as mentors. Basically, any time I'm on a team with someone, and one of my mentees is like, "Okay, so you're mentoring my demo man, but I am a soldier." And I want a soldier mentor. I'm like, okay, whoever my soldier is, you're getting a mentee. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of my former teammates. Uh, Elite used to mentor spies. He doesn't really do that anymore because now he's a league player. I'm sure he would be up for it. But um, Perception helps me a lot. He doesn't mentor anymore. He doesn't even play the game anymore. But... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else mentors these days that's fun to shout out. I don't know a whole lot of mentors these days, aside from the ones that I make and the mentors are on my teams. <laughs> that's fair. I think Joey Lemon still mentors. He's a good I person. I wouldn't be surprised, I trust, yeah. I trust his judgment on stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so... um. What were some? What are some of your experiences as a mentor? Like some of the more 